I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. An extremely special conversation that I'm going to have with a couple who have gone through excruciating pain. And um, through their journey, they have learned a lot and are now serving the body of Christ through in, in many ways. But one of the ways is that they have written a really extraordinary, vulnerable and open and real and powerful book, and I think is very important and very needed at this time, which is called When Loss Comes Close to Home. They're international worship leaders. They speak, they have spoken all around the world and led worship all around the world. Their music is loved by many of us. So, and their journey, their journey is a journey of hope. It's very real, like I said, and you're going to hear about it today in the conversation. So I just encourage you for this next 30 minutes, if you can, let this be you time, particularly if you are suffering and suffering with grief, because you are going to receive hope. You are going to receive keys that will help you in your journey. And so it's my absolute joy and it's my honor to welcome into the conversation with me today, Charlie and Jill LeBlanc. Charlie and Jill, welcome. Hi, thank you thank so much. Thank you so much for having us on. Yes, thanks. Uh, it's an honor. It's really, it's really an honor to have you both on. And like I said, you know, what, what you are doing right now, the book that you've written, the way that you are so vulnerable and so open with all that you've walked through um, is... And it's this disarming and it's equipping and it's moving mm. and life-changing, really, and the hope that comes. Just reading through your book, I was obviously in tears. You know, it was touching very deep parts in my own heart, my own life. And I just know how important what you're doing is. So thank you for your courage and your vulnerability. We really need this kind of vulnerability in the body of Christ right now. We need this kind of leadership, parent leadership, really. So I want to begin the conversation with you both by asking you for, obviously, for people that are not familiar with you or don't know your story, can you share with us what happened? Well, um, I know it's a huge question. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, as yeah. you mentioned, Liz, uh, you know, we have, uh, we've been in ministry for over 40 years and, and uh, ministered all around the world, been to England many times. And um, enjoyed the the love of Jesus and the faith of God in our lives. Graduates of a, a great Bible school, worked with Andrew Womack and uh, for many many years now, leading worship for his conferences, and also uh, with Joyce Meyer for seven years, which was a great joy. She's still a close friend. Uh, in the midst of all that, uh, in two thousand. Um, well, let's see, Eight. when was it, Jill? Two thousand eight. That we got the report. Uh, we were actually. Um, landing home after being in England when we had a voicemail from our daughter saying, uh, both sick, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. It's in the hospital. It's in the hospital, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but that was the beginning of a journey of nine months of, uh, uh, you know, hospitalizations, uh, doing the medical, as much medical uh, help as we could through the Mayo Clinic's in Scottsdale, Arizona, as well as in Phoenix, or, I'm sorry, in Jacksonville, Florida, which is where we are now. And uh, also 
you know, every health uh, system we could come up with, uh, homeopathic routes that we could, and all and above all else, the Word of God. We we had scriptures all around the hospital rooms, all around our house. We were praying. We were confident that our son would get through this devastating attack on his life. And unfortunately, uh, in January 14th of 2009, we lost him. And he was in our home, thankfully. And uh, it was a devastating moment. And we are, we articulate that obviously very clearly in the book, that, that moment, because uh, we thought it was important to just let people know how hard this was. Uh, so the crash of our hearts losing our son the crash of our faith in God uh, took us to a very, very dark place at first. I mean, we, we were lost. We were just angry, lost, confused, broken hearted, uh, devastated. Our entire world crashed. So uh, from that point on, it was like, okay, what now? You know, will we survive this? Will I still walk with God? Or will I be mad at him the rest of my life? You know, and, and that opens up another whole can of worms, you know, because then you start saying, well, wait a minute, it wasn't God's fault. God, God is love. God didn't have anything to do with it. So that, you know, we don't like to go too deeply into that because, you know, that gets into theology and so many people have different theologies. And that's that's what's not important to us right now. What's important to us right now and the reason we wrote the book is that there's a lot of broken hearts that have experienced devastating loss in the church and, and out of the church, of course, and with COVID and with 9-11 and with all the horrible wars. Uh, so many people have lost. Yeah. I know. Sorry. It's okay. So many people have lost their loved ones. And we understand. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> you just never know. When yeah, it's never, hit. <laughs> and we understand that depth of pain. And yeah. our heart is to help people get through that because when you've experienced it, gosh, you're going to have to help me. You take over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you've experienced it, you, you have just a complete, another complete level of understanding that yeah. that you really can't have if you haven't walked through it. Right. And yeah. we believe God has given us some tools to help others to mm -hmm. walk through it. And it's not like you ever get through, you know, it never goes away. You, you, mm -hmm. Our lives were changed forever that day, 14 years ago. But, mm -hmm. but still we can, we can get some tools to be able to move forward again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know yeah. we'll always carry the scars and the pain but but we, but we won't feel the pain the same way it changes yeah but it's 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 you know it's part of us now so yeah. we we just want to help others get through it's at least so to a, a little healthier place yeah I mean, it's obviously you know what you just said then as well, which I think is so important in the body of Christ. It shattered your faith. You know, there were the, so many questions while you were in that 
unimaginable moment of pain, beginning stages. Can you talk to us about like how you began to, I don't know whether stabilize is the right word, but see God in the midst of it again, um, where you didn't even know you were going to survive it and you couldn't you couldn't trust the Lord. And this is so important because people feel they, like their failures if they don't believe and they grit and they treat and they try and believe and other people are trying to quote scriptures and it's just devastating. So for that, can you speak into that a little bit? What started to happen that began to help you reconnect? Well, Liz, um, Jill and I, have separate journeys. And that's something you yep. always realize is that when you have a family. <laughs> Here he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tender day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you have a family, everyone grieves differently. We have two daughters that are, are surviving this and they're, they're broken hearts beyond words. And they're adult now with, with children. So thankfully, you know, we've had 14 years and four grandsons, but but the beginnings, the moments of devastation. You know, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I was the father. So at first you're doing nothing but controlling. You're, you're trying to control the, the the bomb that exploded. So, you know, I'm in the mode of, of okay, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to take care of all this. So, and of course, Another thing we put in the book that God gives you a special grace for the funerals, for the friends, mm -hmm. for that first week, you do have a mm -hmm. special grace. We actually had two funerals. I have a lot of family in Phoenix. So we were in St. Louis. We had a funeral there two days later. I think we, we flew three days later. We flew, flew to Phoenix and did another funeral for my mom and dad who were elderly and all of his cousins and all of my family lived in St. Louis, in Phoenix. Anyway, but there's a grace there at the beginning. But then the questions, then you start like, what happened? Why didn't we see this miracle? Where was God? And every question, every, every question that you can imagine will hit you. And there's no question that the enemy will, will have heyday in the middle of that too. He's looking for these opportunities when you're hurting, when you're confused, to point his finger. He's the accuser of the brethren. To, to just cause you to to doubt God, to hate God, to, you know, all these things. So mm -hmm. we, we, we were tempted in all of these areas. And, and in some ways, we, we, we went into some of these dark moments at first. The one scripture that came to me pretty quickly was, uh, was where Jesus, uh, you know, said, if you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you, you have no part with me. And all the people left. And and the few disciples were left there, and and he said, "What about you? Are you leaving?" And I think it was Peter that said, "Where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Where else can we go?" I wanted to go under a bridge in St. Louis and drink myself to death. Uh, I wanted, <laughs> sorry, I wanted to commit suicide. I but I I couldn't bear to do that to my wife and children because I understood that. The pain was just too great. So um, that little scripture, I think, was part of what started helping me. Where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life, Lord. So I knew that I couldn't run from God. I knew Psalm 139 very well, that nowhere where I go, he's going to follow me. 
and thank God for his unending love that, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that thank never you. stops chasing us. That's one yeah. part of his love that I, I, you know, we, we named the first album that we wrote after we wrote a bunch of songs after this called your love remains because his love remained through the whole thing. But again, when you're that bruised and hurt, it's like a dog that's been hurt. If you even try to help them, they're going to bite you, you know? So even with God reaching out to us, we were biting him back because we were still hurting and confused. But uh, little by little, I, I, what I did was I determined, okay, I don't want to lose my life. I want to figure out how to get through this. I called friends, minister friends who had lost their children that I knew, said, help me. How can I get through this? And they just loved on me and told me that, you know, take deep breaths, you'll get through it, you know. But uh, but one thing I did with scripture, and I, forgive me for this, but but I had to do this. I had to just take what I could from God. Hmm. I could not see him as the healer anymore. I could not see him as the victorious warrior who fights all my battles. I could not see him in that light. But what I could see, what he was a God of compassion and a God of love who comforts those in any trouble. So that was, it was funny, but I, I had to just pick the parts of God that I could handle. Yeah. I knew that he healed the brokenhearted. That scripture was blown up in my heart. He heals the brokenhearted. I thought, well, that sh I surely fit there. I need your help, Lord. He comforts those who mourn. So I thought, I'm mourning. I need you. So I, I, I jokingly say this, and I don't want this to be blasphemous to anyone listening, but I, I let me just say it this way, like I've said it already. I just had to pick what I could of God. I, I could only yeah. take what I could handle. I could not read the red letters in my Bible of Jesus healing the child, healing, healing the blind man, healing, you know. I just couldn't yeah. handle it. At too painful. Yeah. It was too painful. Thank you. Uh, but you know, thankfully, 14 years later, I'm all in, you know, uh, I'm reading those scriptures over a good friend of mine who is suffering and in, in, on his deathbed right now, battling for his life. I'm reading these red letters. I'm seeing Jesus who went about doing good and healing out the WordPress. But again, you, you're, to answer your question, it was little pieces, little piece at a time. Just what mm -hmm. could I, what could I hold on to with God? You know, his love, Okay, but uh, if he loves you, then why did he heal your son? Well, I had to push all that kind of thing aside and just say, I need his love. I need his healing. I need he his healing of my broken heart. So I just I just rested rested in that, and mm. uh, and just tried to manage life and manage. You know, we cried a lot. I mean, yeah. something that I think helped heal us was that we gave ourselves permission to cry, and we gave ourselves permission to 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 be honest with God in our pain and in our confusion. And um, yeah. I had a big biker friend of mine at the funeral. He looked at me and, and he said, Charlie, God can handle your pain. I mean, he's God can hang. Enough. He's big enough to handle your, your uh, anything you want to say, you want to say to him, he's big enough to handle it. Don't worry. He can, he can handle it, you know? And Wise so words. just, just to know that God was loved me enough to allow to allow me to be honest with him and he always does yes. that's his love now jill's yeah. journey was was a little bit Did, different you know yeah I, there was something 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, please go. Please. Uh, no, I was going to say, Jill, like, something that you mentioned in the book in this subject as well was um, how you started to notice things that were happening in your life. And it was like Jesus was pursuing you, making sure that you knew that he was there. He was in the journey with you. He hadn't gone anywhere. You know, yeah. your emotions were where they were. And I just thought that was beautiful and extremely yeah. encouraging. Right. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He 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 could handle like what what Charlie was just saying. He could take whatever I had to say to him. It didn't put him yeah. off. It didn't yeah. offend him. But anything yeah. I had to say to him, which I didn't say much for a while in the beginning, I did. But then I just went real real silent. I just had to stop myself from praying because, oh yeah, I don't talk to this guy anymore. <laughs> and uh, after three or four weeks of just living in silence in my from my spirit mm. he just began to to just like i said in the book he began to i began to see his fingerprints on just little things that he would do and and they weren't weren't big things at all they were a lot of little things that began to happen like you know i mentioned in there uh, you know all of a sudden there was we would go out every evening and and we were in uh, san diego and we would go out every evening around sunset and just hang out outside for a little while. But all of a sudden, these beautiful sunsets started happening just kind of just all of a sudden after we'd been there for a while. And, um, you know, or, or, or a really sweet text would come in or a special monetary gift that someone sent or just different things. Just all of a sudden, all these things that were really sweet started happening. And and I just said, hmm. This looks like God's fingerprints on these things. And yeah. and by that time, which was like I said, three or four weeks later, I was kind of open and ready to to receive, you know, because he was mm. showing me that that I didn't offend him. I didn't, you know, he he didn't just throw me out because I was harsh towards him but he wanted me to know how much he loved me still and wanted to yeah. hold and carry me through this time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's, he, he was so amazing. He's yeah, he is. He's so kind, isn't he? You he look is. back at the moments, the times in our lives of immense suffering and you can, yes. like you say, you, you see his fingerprints, mm -hmm. you see, or you see his footprints, you know, mm -hmm. as, as the famous, poem says there was um something else one of the stories that you shared in the book which i found very moving was again a moment where the lord spoke to you both and your life changed again and it was around the time where your friends who were the pastor's son died mm -hmm. and you went to help them and then yes, the lord spoke to you and said very clearly i'll do the love you do the loving i'll do the fixing and then every chin changed again. And I just, I sat in that revelation, like obviously wow. you both did. <laughs> and it just impacted me. So wow. I'd love you to share. Would you share with that? Because for people who are grieving, but also people who are supporting those that are going through immense trauma, I just thought, oh my gosh, that is a pearl we need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, we almost named the book that and just emphasized yeah. that you do the loving, I'll do the fixing. Yeah. And it was like you say, about a year and a half after Bo passed. And again, we were in England because we go quite often, a couple of times a year. And we were there and we uh, we got the message that our friend had lost 
their sons. So Jill ran up to the hotel room, started weeping. Uh, I ran up to follow her. And uh, so we called them as quickly as we could. And long story short, we decided we were going to be home that following weekend. We said, can we come and help you in your service on Sunday morning? They said, please come, please come. So it was about an hour drive to their church and we're driving to the church. And all of a sudden I go, what am I doing? I, I'm barely a year and a half out of losing my own son. I don't have any words for them. I'm going to be crying in the pulpit, you know, but on the way I was praying and praying and the Lord, I mean, it was like you said, Liz, it was a supernatural word from heaven. He said, Charlie, mm -hmm. tell the people you do the loving, I'll do the fixing. And I mean, that thing just hit me from heaven and I knew it was God. And I built my whole teaching around there. Of course, we sang, we sang songs of comfort, but then I taught that message to their people. And it has become, I think, probably one of the most important messages that God has given us to help the body of Christ is to teach people that their responsibility is not to fix a Christian that's hurting. Jesus said, I will heal the broken hearts. He didn't say you will, <laughs> right? He yeah. said, no, we have a part. We're the hands and the heart of Jesus, but we have to be careful with how we become that part. Mm -hmm. And what the Lord was telling me to do in that moment was tell the people to do the loving. Loving, love, the greatest of these is love, right? We don't have to rehearse, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 again, but you can have the, you can have words of prophecy. You can have the best word for that person grieving that you think is going to really help them. But the greatest thing is love. Mm -hmm. And boy, I tell you, I don't know how to say this, especially in the short amount of time that we have, but we could preach on this all day that we really need to be people that act in love. Uh, Job, I was reading Job again. The three men, I saw, saw it in my, I wrote it in my journal. I love this. It said they, they purpose. It said, for they made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and comfort him. These three guys, they made an, they made an appointment. We're going to come, not to fix him, we're going to come and mourn with him. They sat for seven days with him. The grief was so hard, they didn't say a word, which we say in the book, some preachers have said, show up and shut up. Sometimes if you don't have the right words, it's okay. Just be there and love them. But do the loving, and, and it, it said they made an appointment. They decided we're going to go and help them. But then, as you know, the best rest of the book of Job, they got into fixing him. You should have done this, Job. Maybe you did that. You've accused God wrong. And at the end, God says, I'm angry with you. You three guys, you totally missed it. So there's a lot of lessons to learn about not saying, not trying to fix people, not saying the wrong things. You get so many trivial things at funerals, you know, and we've done it too. We're not pointing fingers. We've done it. We've been to funerals and Jill puts it in the book, but we said, oh, praise the Lord. Your husband wanted to beat us to heaven. Amen. You know, and they look at us like, thank you. You know, a courtesy nod, you know, or something, but we all do the best we can, but when you've been through it, you understand. And so that's why we put it in the book to try to help yeah. people to say, look, when someone's grieving, when someone, we've had pastors walk up and say, you're doing good, doing good, praise the Lord. And Jill said, no, I'm not doing good. I lost my son four and a half months ago. And the preacher goes, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, oh you know, mm -hmm. we're so in this hypey Christian Jesus joy thing all the time, which is understandable. But Ecclesiastes says there's a time to weep and there's a time to dance. We have mm -hmm. to understand the times and the seasons. There's a time to mourn. 
And there, yeah. and, you know, and so we have to understand these times and work with people. If you, if you sing a happy song to someone who's grieving or hurting, it's like throwing, I, I should have these scriptures down better. I've, I've been studying them more, mm. but it's like taking a cold blanket off of them in, in winter, something mm. like that. I don't know. Mm. Uh, you probably know it, Liz, yeah. but yeah, but, uh, you understand what I'm saying. I do. It's so important, isn't it? Because we are, we, I think that's why your book is so important because it helps us to handle ourselves in grief and have some very important keys to know how to walk through ourselves. And then like you're sharing, then how to show compassion to others appropriate in a way that's most helpful because you've learned through an agonizing process of many years, what works and what doesn't work and help equip us. Cause I don't think any of us are very good at doing grief, maybe a few, but certainly I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm learning. I've got huge L plates on and we all want to love well. Okay, so I want to ask you to just give us a summary of, if you would, I mean, obviously people can get your book and they can really digest it slowly, but what would you say were a few of the most important things that you learned to take care of yourselves through it? What was the most helpful thing for you and that others did for you? So pr the practicals, what does that look like? Someone said to us early on who had lost two daughters himself, I think like 20 years apart. So he understood loss. And mm -hmm. he told Charlie in a text, actually, I believe he was from New Zealand and, and we learned of him through someone in England. And uh, they just started texting and he, he told Charlie, be kind to yourself. And that became a lifeline for me in particular, but I think for both of us, and we try to share that with so many people that are grieving because you just get this pressure from others that you have to clean out the closet. You have to, um, you know, sell the house. Or... Yeah. Do all the things or, or you have to show up at this, this event and see all these people and, you just have to do this. You have to do that. And when you're in that state of, of grieving and mourning us in particular, we didn't want to be around a lot of people. And so right. we just, we just excused ourselves and didn't do a lot of social things for a while. Yeah. And we certainly, we had to clean out some of his, okay. our son's things right away because he was in another state and we, had to get yeah. the things cleaned out and sent over to our home but still we we left a lot of it and we still have so, a lot of his things in storage yeah. um and we we just have tried to be kind to ourselves so that's something a word of advice that someone gave us and i would just want to share yeah that's important with those who yeah. are walking through it because that was huge and it you you just don't need to bow to all of the demands that others try to put on you yeah. You have to just Take give yourself, yourself space. Yes. Yeah. And whatever that looks like for you, because everybody's yes. individual. Hey, there's exactly. no formula. There are things we can share and help each other with, but it's a unique yes. journey of the heart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's really freeing. That's mm -hmm. brilliant. Um, so what would you say for the most helpful thing was for um that you learned that helped you from others? Um, well, you know, the people that, that wept with us, and I don't mean just bawling, but the people that gave us permission 
to grieve in front of them. Jill called them safe friends. In fact, again, we were in England and a pastor took us out to lunch and I was afraid what was going to happen here. You know, is he going to start giving me a lesson on how to not grieve or how to get over this? No. He looked me in the eyes. Thankfully, we were in a little pub in the corner where no one saw me. And he said, Charlie, how are you really doing? And I broke into tears as I've done on this program a few times. <laughs> no shock. And, and, uh, and he, uh, you know, uh, he was there to listen. Him and his wife, sweet pastors, they wept with us. They held us. They held our hands. They said, you know, you know, they just, they just encouraged us that, you know, they would stand with us. They would, they would fight for us. And that's another thing. These particular people fought for us when others behind the scenes were saying, well, Charlie and Joe should be over this by now. After all, their sons in heaven, you know, they should be over this by now. Well, they said, we will fight for you in those situations and tell people that they don't understand and they need not to be judging. And uh, so bear one another's burdens. You know, people did that for us. People, as Jill said, even financially, and I hate to bring up such a carnal thing, but, you know, when you're hurting, you know, it, 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 sometimes you can't work as much and, and finances can get tight. And when you have the financial and you have the others, things yeah. going on, the grief, it, it's horrifying. And we know some people that have been through that. But, uh, mm. you know, any way you can help out uh, someone, people helped us, people came to our house and 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 sat with us. But just people that we knew that we could open our hearts with and be honest with, uh, that helped us so much. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's so a big precious. Part. Mm -hmm. So thank you. You can feel like just the authority and what you're saying, the freedom that's, that's coming, coming as you're speaking for people, just because of what you've lived and what you've been lived, you know, what you are still living to a degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been through it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And now you are giving away the comfort the scripture Amen. says that you mentioned your book you are now giving the way the comfort that holy spirit has comforted you with which is just absolutely. staggering great absolutely yeah amazing you, gotta, you know and it's interesting for us being quote international worship leaders you know and never having put out a book when we should have put books out on worship many times but never did it never finished them but uh, obviously we have many cds out but uh but it was a little humbling for our first book to be on grief. And, and I was concerned that what that might do to my quote ministry, you know, our career, you know, and yet we are so compelled. It's yeah. like Paul said, I'm compelled to preach this gospel. We're so compelled in this arena to help people get through it and to help people yeah. learn how to help others get through it. It's just, yeah. it's gripped us. We can't yeah. get away from it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just the, so so powerfully on the Lord's heart, isn't it, that we would love yeah. one another and that we would know the comfort of Holy Spirit and then be able to give that gift, which you both are doing. Thank you for sharing your life and giving us your time and for what you're doing. We, It's making obviously a huge difference. It's amazing, isn't it, how it doesn't change it, but the Lord will bring beauty out of the ashes. It's yeah. just yeah. amazing. Yes, he will. And amazing. it didn't even dawn on me until more recently that this is really becoming a memorial for my son, this book, you know, I mean, I didn't do it for that. I did it to help people, but now I'm seeing that this is a legacy for him. You know, it is, it's fruit. Yeah. And the only way that, you know, only Jesus can do that, Connie. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Thank you so much for being with us.
Thank you. And, and, God bless and, you guys. And guys, thank you for giving us your time as well, your precious time. I know that will have really brought comfort and hope to your life. And all of the all of the links will uh, for the ministry and how you can get hold of Charlie and Jill will be underneath the show. But have the most amazing week. And I look forward to being with you next week. God bless. Many people know in their head that they're loved, but the experience of God's love hasn't reached their heart. That's why I wrote my most recent book, Loved. It's a 90-day devotional that gives you language to actually escort you into experiencing the love of God, which is the moment where everything changes for us. So I encourage you, pick up a copy of Love Today and your life will never be the same again.